Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop Season 5, Episode 10. Ryland Turner here, joined as always by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how the fuck you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. We're talking about wrestling. We're talking about a pretty good show, uh, I think, of, of Dynamite, though. A bit of an odd one, for sure. It, it definitely an odd show. But before we get into talking about the wrestling of today, we have to talk about all of the wrestling news of the week. This is the Wednesday Night Roundup. It's the Wednesday Night Roundup. So... First bit of news we have, apparently we have an update to the cost of running Wembley Stadium for AEW. Yeah, uh, so Meltzer's reporting that this is going to cost them about $400,000. I don't know what that is in euros. Um, But uh, I don't know if this is, like, you had said that you thought this was low. It caught me by surprise a little bit. Because, you know, we're talking about a stadium, again, the stadium seats like 80,000 people, and they do want to sell it out, and so you need security, and valet parking, and concessions, and all the people running, like, all of those different functions for the stadium, and, like, you know, maintenance and cleanup, and all of those different things, on top of, you know, a bunch of other stuff, and just the fee for the actual building itself. I feel like, especially because this is going to be on a Saturday, so we're losing, uh, I guess, um, I guess we're not probably, we're not in the premiership season at that point, but uh, I feel like this is, it caught me a little bit by surprise that it wouldn't cost a little more. It's fair. That's fair. Do you think maybe uh, Tony Khan might have an in with uh, the fact that he owns a, I don't know if it's a Premier League team, but a, a soccer team over there? He does own a Premier League, well... His dad owns a Premier League team. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it is Shad Khan's money, but, you know, all of this is, as we know. Um, yeah, the, he does own uh, Fulham, as we mentioned last week. And hopefully, you know, maybe that was, there was a con- contribution to that. But yeah, this did catch me a little bit by surprise. Certainly, I think the rumor was that uh, they, they thought that for sure that... Uh, uh, anyone speculating that is that um, AEW's debut in the UK would be at the Fulham uh, Stadium. Yeah, I mean that would have made because you know the same thing you would you'd come to think that they would do the, the stadium in Jacksonville, um, which I don't know that they've ever run that stadium for an actual I show. I don't think they have. I don't think they have. Which is also interesting. But yeah, I, I it. It's a little surprising they wouldn't just do that, but I'm although thinking about it, I'm not sure if they if the team actually owns the stadium or what the situation is with that. But regardless, this again, if this show sells out, it's going to be a huge deal. Yeah, certainly. Um, we'll move on to our next bit of news, which is that Logan Paul renewed his contract with the WWE. Not really a surprise. I can't imagine seeing him go anywhere else, and also. I don't think that like I think he's been doing well good enough work certainly to to warrant staying around. I I he he did uh tweet out that he thought this uh, or he he made mention that he had uh, he was happy that he finally found something that he was really good at. Honestly, if I was Logan Paul, I'd put a lot I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I get this that that this guy is a businessman, he's a YouTuber and a successful one at that. 
Um, he doesn't need necessarily the, the WWE to carry on his popularity. But man, he's so fucking good, Kyle. He's so good. That match at WrestleMania was one of the highlights of the two days. And I, I understand he's working with Seth Rollins, but like, when have you seen Logan Paul have a bad match? Yeah, no, he's been, again, he has been very good. He has put on some impressive spots. His athleticism is very impressive. Uh, he is an easy heat magnet. Yes. So, you know, it's easy for him to, to get booed in a big way. And, you know, you can have him back for all of the big shows and he'll be able to deliver. I still want that match with Ricochet because that we got a moment <laughs> tease and I want to see what those guys could do with 10 minutes. But because I would love to see in anything you can do, I can do better match between those two. But yeah, I like I thought this was it does make a lot of sense. This move. Fair enough. We'll move on. Um, we have some updates about the AEW video game. OK, so, Kyle, this is the part of the show where I ask you to help me pronounce the name. Um, here we go. Uh, the THQ Nordic Global Senior Community Manager, Z-Y-D-D-I-E-S. Um, Zadiz? Zadiz. All right. He has shut down the rumor that the AW game is ready. Uh, he stated that it is not ready yet, but it is in a good place. He says that there was some miscommunication between him and AEW management. Like, obviously, we, we go, go back to the Revolution press conference where um, Tony Khan had stated that it was ready. Uh, uh, Kenny Omega also appeared on the Swerve City podcast and said that the game was ready, waiting a uh, release. Apparently, that's not so. Kyle... I gotta ask, like me and you are avid video game um, guys. You you just got a PS5. Like, firstly, before anything, how do you feel? Um, I'm I'm happy to have it for sure. It was it's uh, <laughs> it's a uh, fortuitous, I suppose. I, I'm glad that um, I'm able to get in some of the newer gaming. You know, I already have a Switch that I, I love dearly, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to. Although I will say this, I'm not sure how many ps5 games i'm actually excited to play or just like some updated sports titles but not all of them fair enough fair enough i i found the switch over to the next gen has been positive so far so i'm i'm very happy with it a uh, load times i'm appreciating oh don't load times just wait for just wait for the games to load instantly from where you last left them it's great um so like overall what are your thoughts on this? Because we've been talking about this game forever, Kyle. I'm it's at this point, I don't know. Like I'm surprised, obviously, but I don't know that anything should surprise me about this game at this point, right? right. Like it's it'll be done when it's done. I'm sure it's it sounds like they're gonna release it this year. The I can't imagine how much money they've spent trying to put this thing together. It better be good, but like Yeah, that that's where I'm at. Like, if you're putting this much time and effort into this game, you're right. It better be good. And it better not is, be clunky. It better not have bugs left, right, and center. Like, yeah, it really... It, it doesn't need to be, like, deep or this huge whatever thing. I just want it to be a fun experience to be able to play with some friends. Like, that. Yeah. if it's that, I don't care. That's fair. That's fair. We'll move along. Um, apparently, there's news about CM Punk. 
Yes. So the report in Fightful is that he has pitched a few ideas to AEW. He's very adamant about wanting to come back. Um, he's pitched an idea working with Kenny Omega and the Bucks. Uh, as the last report from Fightful stated, uh, they weren't adamant to work with him. Um, and like, take that as you will. I, I understand to a certain degree, but also it's pro wrestling. Um, but th- he's also pitched other ideas. And there is a rumored show to be debuting this summer on Saturday nights with AEW, like an AEW wrestling show. Like, firstly, do we need another AEW wrestling show? But the rumor is that that would ha- that's how they would keep the roster separate. I mean, the thing about it is, again, they have a large roster. They could use a roster split. Moreover, like I know they're using the YouTube show sort of as their developmental brand. Having developmental wrestlers get TV time is never a bad thing. No, you're you're not wrong on that. So that was all we had for news this week. Uh, Rylan, I'll let you... Hold on, hold on, Kyle. I will let you... What what are your thoughts on, on CM Punk, though? Oh, I don't have any. I think... So, I have stated before, and I feel I say very confidently about this, CM Punk's superpower was always that he never came back. That his legacy as a wrestler, as a counterculture icon, was perfectly preserved in Amber, and he would be the refrain that fans could chant forever that uh, whenever they were displeased with whatever product they were dealing with, particularly WWE, they could always come back to say, you know, CM Punk, CM Punk, as a symbol to wrestling that they understood and liked. He has lost that now. We're in a place where CM Punk has returned, and all of the luster that we had from CM Punk as a cultural, like, as this super figure in wrestling. All of that's gone. And what's left is uh, CM Punk the man and CM Punk the wrestler. And I think he's valuable as a wrestler and as a wrestling character, and he's still a great promo. He can still go, you know, relatively well. Still a draw. He's still a draw. I guess. Like, the, the thing about it is now, the big problem that we have now is, like... On that AEW roster, I do think he is still a draw to a degree, but I think the big problem is now is that, like, a lot of his fans coming into this, I don't know how many of them, and this might be just me personally, but I don't know how many of them are still, like, rah-rah CM Punk at this point. Well, I mean, like, I do think a heel run is necessary at this point. I I think that's where he, 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 uh, I think that's where he's his strongest is is a, is as a heel. Uh, certainly a great baby face, but like the 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 honeymoon is over with this guy. Like we we all know what CM Punk is going to be now and to the end of his run in AEW. Certainly, I don't think he needs any more title runs, and I even think he would agree with that. I just think that this guy is going to be here to create great stories, and I I think it's a matter of time if you're if you're working if you're doing Wembley like Kyle I like with all due respect to anyone who who disagrees with me off this show he I think you need CM Punk for Wembley uh like maybe 
I the thing for me with CM Punk is I don't I don't know that it matters the way that it did. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. We'll find out. We will find out in the coming weeks. We will. Um, so that is all we have for news today. Uh, Rylan, why don't you uh, kick us to the next segment? It's time for Dinner Before Dynamite. <sighs> Kyle, hmm. you had dinner after Dynamite, it looked like. I did. Um, I had some pasta that I ordered, which was very, very tasty. A uh, chicken Alfredo that I enjoyed. And I have a little dessert cup, too. So that was that was good. What did you eat? Uh, a bruschetta... Uh, that seems to be like one of my Wednesday staples: wings, bruschetta, pizza. Those are the things that I go for. But no, I'm a I'm a slut for bruschetta. I love that shit, man. That is good. Bruschetta is very tasty. Um. So now we are moving into our next part of this, where we talk about the week that was, or the episode that was, I suppose, and AW Dynamite. Today it's time for the Wednesday Night Rundown. Darby Allen defeated Swerve Strickland in an opening match. Um, MJF and Darby Allen, and then later Sting, ended up in a promo segment after that. Powerhouse Hobbs quickly defeated Silas Young, a local... I don't want to call him a jobber, that's really unfair, but he was a jobber in this particular episode. He was, he was. And then Wardlow came out and smashed up Powerhouse Hobbs' car. And then he threw some people around. Orange Cassidy defeated Buddy Matthews in a match defending his international title. We got a, a video from Kenny Omega leading into a match between the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, this being Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler versus uh, Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley, which obviously Blackpool Combat Club won. And in the post-match, there was a brawl that involved Omega and the Bucks returning. I realize I missed something before that, so we'll double back very quickly and to say there was a promo segment between Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and then eventually the returning Jeff Hardy. We got a match between the Outcasts defeating Riho and Sky Blue in tag team action. The Outcasts in this case were Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. And then we got some post-match brawling between them and also we got Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. Then Chris Jericho defeated Keith Lee in our main event match with an assist from Swerve Strickland. And Adam Cole came down to the ring to check up on Keith Lee and not much else. He came down to manage him, damn it. That's, we, what, that's good shit, Kyle. It's good shit. not what we're doing. Anyway, that was this episode. This podcast is brought to you by Spear King. Literally. Our producer, RJ, has decided to branch out and brand himself, and we couldn't be more excited to hear that. If you've been with Wednesday Night Wallop from the beginning, you will hear that the production has since improved tenfold, and that's all thanks to Spear King. RJ has worked tediously to hone his production skills, from the opening song to the tidbits of music sprinkled throughout, and the editing of the podcast in its entirety. Spear King puts a royal effort into your product. 
I know for a fact that we wouldn't have the professional sound that we do without his efforts. So please go support our producer in all of his future endeavors, and don't be afraid to reach out about something you're interested in RJ getting his hands on. That's Spear King Co. on Facebook, at Spear.King.co on Instagram, and at Spear King Music on TikTok. Spear King. Music, media, and production. Let's move on to top fives. Rylan, do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, before we get into honorable mentions, we did miss a segment. Uh, Luchasaurus and Christian, they're coming, man. And can I just say, Luchasaurus, that's gotta be Kane. He, I, I'm, I'm excited. I think that they're going to be great. Obviously, Luchasaurus can go and... Yeah, I mean they're doing a more of a like spooky thing with him or whatever, but his character is pretty well established. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, I, I he's he's gone red. He's gone red, Kyle. Um, um, he's still wearing like black clothing. They just had a red background on this. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, let's get into those top fives. Honorable mentions. God, Kyle. Honorable mentions. Let's see here. What do I got listed here? Um, the elite. Is that is that the elite? Uh, I will say, man, did I like so I watched this show with my girlfriend on the phone and when Michael Nakazawa was thrown into the turnbuckle, I said in that moment, I said, oh, he's doing the blade job. And she was like, what does that mean? So I explained quickly the blade job to the girlfriend. But um, 30 seconds later, it was revealed he was doing the blade job, but not only him. Brandon Cutler with the mask on did the blade job. Listen, I understand what this match was for, but uh, it didn't do anything for me. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. It just kind of felt like it was just there for the show. Fair. Wasn't on my list. Do you have any others? Uh, Bullet Club Gold. What is this? What is this? Like, is this how we're using Jay White? Like, this is one of the hottest free agents off the market. And I understand. Is he? Tony. Co- yes. Yes, okay. he is. Don't so be- this is the, I'm, you know, I'm going to stop you right here because okay. I am going to represent all of the North American wrestling fans who watched New Japan when Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho had a match and don't really super care otherwise. He is a huge name in Japan. Jay White has had a few matches in North America and a few appearances. He has yet to really establish himself as a character or a name or a wrestler in North America. And, you know, I will, that's fine for all of the smart Mark fans who want to come at me and say that he's great. I know he's great. I'm not worried about that. What I'm saying is (laughs) he is not anything in North America yet. Let's like, he's, Let's calm down and let him establish something. And, you know, if we're going to be disappointed that, oh, this is going to be his character direction, I don't know what we're expecting him to do. If you were expecting him to come here and win the title, it's not, that was never going to be the case. It's fair. Uh, my only other honorable mention was it's a negative. Uh, the women didn't matter on this show, Kyle. No, not really. Um, and, and we've had a few weeks now where like they, it's felt like they were building to something that mattered. And this was, I think, a step in the wrong direction. Well, we'll talk about it. I have them on my list. All right. Let's uh, you have. Do you have any honorable mentions? 
Um, yeah, I've got one. Uh, it was the Jeff Hardy return. I mentioned this off air, but I do wonder how many people were more excited for Jeff Hardy and how many people were more excited for the theme song. Uh, no offense to Jeff Hardy. That theme song is a bop, though. Yeah. No, it's great. It's fantastic. And he cleared house. And by house, I mean um, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. I'll say this, because it's not on my list. Uh, it was, for me, predictable, but also, like, I worry. Because for me, Jeff Hardy has proven that he is a over-talent who can work and into his 40s is putting on pretty great performances for his 40s. But as somebody who has had issues in the past, I worry about this guy mentally and if wrestling is the, the place for him. And I don't want to be a downer on this show, but like this is somebody who's a, a father and a husband and I'm happy to see him back in a sense that like I, I love Jeff Hardy. I really do. But I hope that it's positive. I really hope it's positive. That's fair. Uh, Ryan, why don't you hit us with your number five? The Hobbs segment. Um, while uh, I was really not happy to see Silas Young job out so quickly, like he got almost zero offense, if any. I don't remember if he did get any offense. But all I remember is Powerhouse Hobbs dominated him and... I was initially disappointed. However, the Wardlow segment, priceless, priceless. Okay, so he smashes up his car, his new car that he got from um, QT Marshall. QT Marshall, what the fuck did you buy? Like, this car was like, don't get me wrong, cool low rider car, but it had like the, the <laughs> it had the word monster, like, on the side of it in in what I can only describe as Ed Hardy font. Um, and I just thought this car looked terrible. But Wardlow comes in, he smashes up this car, he takes a, what, what, a forklift to it. Yeah. But then he walks away from the forklift and the forklift just keeps going. It keeps destroying this car. That was the part that, that got me the most. I thought the segment was fucking hilarious. Um, after the match, anyway. Kyle? Oh, too much to say about this. Um, the match will be good. But, like, yeah, destroying stuff with a forklift, I feel like I feel like uh, WWE might have done it better. Sure, but, like, did they ever let the forklift just destroy the car on its own? <laughs> no. No, I don't think they did. They, they needed an operator. Um, You're number five, Kyle. Let's talk about this women's segment. Oh, Okay. Okay. The match was fine. Yeah, fine's fine. All right, I, I'll give you that. It wasn't. It wasn't great, but like it was. It was perfectly fine. It was serviceable. Tony Storm continuing to look strong. She can go. Riho always fun to see. We didn't get a lot of Riho today. Uh, we got some Sky Blue, which is nice. Good to see her on television. She took the pinfall, but you know, good to see her on television still. Um. Which, but it wasn't, like, particularly noteworthy. It was the one match on the show. There was no real anything up beyond it. The, there was not a lot of heat from the crowd. Then Jamie Hayter came out. Uh, I want to remind you, Jamie Hayter is the women's champion. 
She did not have the belt with her, which is fine. She's making a rundown save. She came alone. She entered the ring, and she was basically beat down by the three women. Britt Baker came out after that to make the save. She knocked out everybody and got into a drag-out brawl with Soraya. Right. Rylan, is Britt Baker the women's champion? No. 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 Is Soraya the women's champion? No. Did the women's champion do any sort of offense today in the segment that she was a part of? Not that I really remember. Does Did she do anything aside from get beat up? No. Was she even mentioned as the women's champion? I don't know that for a fact. You might know better than I do. What are we doing here? It's a mess. It's a fucking mess. I told you weeks ago. Like, I think you had high hopes that they were going to go blood and guts with this. I I don't think they're going to. I hope they do because I hope it's something. I hope, like, we're doing this. This is the segment with all the women. And it's every week been almost always all the women. There are. Let me see if I remember this correctly. Nine women involved in this feud? No, sorry, seven currently involved in this feud. Outcasts, Riho, Sky Blue, Red Bank. We need one more. Jamie. We Hader. need one more. And I think that's Jade. No, I don't th- I don't think Jade here, let me be honest with you. Jade shouldn't touch this thing with a ten foot pole, man. <laughs> And Jade's who's everyone. Jade is who everyone is complaining about. That's the that's the thing. Fine. It's like, like the thing about her is they they keep having her beat jobbers, which isn't going to help her move forward. But at least they're setting her up a few, with a few to tie a Valkyrie. Now they're true. doing it on YouTube, but at least there's a direction for her right now. Right. I don't know where this is going, and I don't know why. Of the two friends, when one of them is the women's champion, and, let's be serious, a very strong women's champion in terms of match quality, why she's coming into the ring getting beat up, and that's your lot. I can't answer this for you. I I, I don't think the outcasts needed the heat. I I don't think they needed that. Like, I I really, I I agree with you. I think that, and and, and it really makes her look bad when, again, her, her... backup is the big pop yeah and this is the big thing about it is that i don't think we're like we've kind of blown the direction of Brent baker versus jamie hater at this point i don't think that's anytime remotely in the future but like the big thing is where are we going with this and what it seems to be where we're going with this if i had to guess right now it's soraya versus jamie hater seems to be the hot match we're doing um this is not the way to get there y'all no, this was a a dreadful segment on this dynamite. I really did not enjoy this women's match at all. I did not enjoy the aftermath. It just, ugh, it the, just was not fun. The match too was fine. Like, I don't think it was particularly good, and that's disappointing. But the thing about it is, like the the post match made it so much worse for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're number four, Jericho and, and Keith Lee. I I thought this match was okay. Like. It was given the main event spot, and it was okay. Like, it was not the best match on the card. And 
I just, I don't know. Like, the aftermath of this match with Swerve getting... Like, the whole time I was watching this match, the only thing I was thinking was, what happened to him and Swerve? Why why, are, why isn't he feuding with Swerve? And then Swerve came out and cost him the win. And that's fine. But then why did we have Adam Cole come out and give him, like, a pep talk on the way up the ramp? Like, do we need to hint at him and Jericho, like that much we know that that's jericho's like next direction we know that's adam cole's next direction why did we need this segment i just thought this was stupid i thought it was a really cold way to end the show and it just the whole thing left a bad taste in my mouth yeah that's totally fair um we'll move along my number four um the elite we're back I thought the Kenny Omega promo, uh, I thought it was pretty good, and I thought that the attack um, was good as well. The match that preceded it was kind of what it was, but yeah, I thought this was... I thought, like, the, the we seem to be building in an interesting direction for Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite, but yeah, that's, that's, this seems fine to me. Um, okay. You're number four. Or you're number three, sorry. MJF, Darby Allen, and Sting. I thought this segment was fun. I thought Sting played off of his... I, I So, I, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think Sting fucked up and said Cody when he shouldn't have said Cody. I don't think that's what he meant to say. But man, did he play off it well. And I thought MJF was great in this segment. I thought Darby Allen really went above and beyond talking about how he paid off his parent, his parents' house, or he, and he, he helped his dad retire. Uh, like I thought, that all of this was really, really positive for Darby Allen. It was fine for MJF, and honestly, Sting was entertaining. I can't say anything negative about this segment. This was my number three. I thought this was all right. Yeah, uh, this was my number three as well. Um, I thought this was good. I thought the, the Sting part of it was entertaining, at least. I thought Darby got the most shine out of this, which was great. MJF was entertaining enough. I do think, um, I told you this off air too, I wish that Sting had gone further about that. Because yeah. I do think, you know, it's worth pointing out all of the people who have helped out MJF along the way, Cody being one of them, Jericho being one of them, um, Stokely Hathaway and his faction... Uh, obviously, the Pinnacle, that whole group. Remember the Pinnacle? Yeah. Wardlow. Vaguely. Wardlow was with, on his side forever and doing a lot of his dirty work. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought this was was entertaining enough, and I think it moves Darby in that direction as well. I'm excited for this, this Fatal 4-Way. I'm assuming that's the direction we're going, so I'm looking forward to it. Kyle, before we get into any of this, I, I, have, to, I have a question to ask you, and it's going to off the beaten path here, but um, is MJF a Hall of Famer? Is he a future Hall of Famer? Do you think it's too early to tell, or do you think he's established himself as a Hall of Famer? What does that mean? Well, I mean, we have the WWE Hall of Fame, which obviously he can't, he's not eligible for yet, if, unless he, he goes there and does his thing there. We also have the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame. Do you think he's done enough to even earn himself a, a spot in the indie wrestling hall thing. I see the thing about it is I don't even know what the credentials are. Like, so I'll say this about the Hall of Fame. I do think it, the WWE Hall of Fame will very quickly sort of explain my feelings about it. 
I think what the Hall of Fame means is that it means something to the wrestlers. So I think that's its value, is that for the wrestlers, it's their quote-unquote gold jacket. So like, I don't want to take that away from them. I'm happy for them to have that. Without a building, without an actual hall, it's kind of meaningless beyond that. So I'm, I'm happy it exists insofar, insofar as the wrestlers. But again, unless we're talking about an actual Hall of Fame, it doesn't super matter. Like, has MJF done enough to be in it? By WWE Hall of Fame standards, yes. But WWE Hall of Fame standards are very odd. Let's let's we forget. There's you know multiple world champions who aren't in it, but God, the Godfather is. <laughs> no no disrespect. I think Charles Robinson. Charles right man. Charles Charles, Charles, Charles right. right. I think has done like he put in a lot of work as as a wrestler, and I think he was a, you know a very good cat a character in the new generation and attitude era. No disrespect to him, but in terms of his like actual belt accomplishments. There's not many. It's fair. Like, I think he was a an IC champion once. I I couldn't even I couldn't even confirm that for you. So like th- this is what my point is. It's there's it's hard to pin down a standard for that. So I'm not even going to really super try to. Okay, fair enough. Let's get back into the list. Number two. Number two. I have Orange Cassidy and Buddy Murphy now. I have thoughts on this match. Uh, I thought this match was great, but I think it had too many near falls. Like, too, too many. Um, I thought Orange Cassidy looked awesome. I loved his selling of his hand. But there just came a point where he had hit so many Superman punches. And I know one of them, the the, the, uh, broadcast team tried to play off like, oh, he hit him with his elbow. No, he went for a Superman punch. Um... And I, I just think if you're going to hit four of them and you're selling the fact that you may have broke your hand, you should probably not hit four of them. That's me. Um, I thought Buddy Murphy looked excellent in this match. I left this match wishing he won the title. Buddy Murphy has been a fantastic worker forever. Like WWE yeah. was using him to have to tear the house down on pre-shows for, for years. Um. Yeah, he's one of the greatest television matches. Yes, I said it. Is him versus Mustafa Ali on a random episode of 205 Live. Like, bar none of the last decade, top 10 TV match. Okay, all right. Wow, I can't wait to do that list with you. But, like, the thing about this is that, of course, he's great. Of course, he can go, and he's fantastic. I thought this is a great showing for him, because we've seen a lot. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, Malachi is great, and we've seen some Brody King as well. I thought this was really good to establish him as an individual as well, because I do like House of Black, and I think they should continue to hold those trios belts. But um, having something for them to each break away to eventually is, you know, important. And Buddy Matthews as amazing wrestling machine, not a bad way to go. No, no, you're not wrong uh, on that. Also, I think his presentation is pretty cool with this group. And Julia Hart remains like, um, MVP valet for somebody who doesn't say basically anything. She is, um, she is the terrifying goth that I didn't like. Here's what I'll say about Julia Hart. 
Do you remember that Julia Hart, do you remember what she was doing before she joined this group? She was in the uh, varsity club, right? She was um, the valet for the varsity blondes as a cheerleader. This is um, quite the come up. It is. She's like 22, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's nuts. Like, that's nuts. Um, we'll move along. It's time for number one. So, Alan, I think we have the same match. Did you give me your number two? Oh, um, it was this match. Okay. It's the right. same match. Like, it, it was great. I thought this was an amazing showing. I personally think, because this card was weirdly booked, because I, le- I didn't mind the Jericho and Lee match, but I think that should have gone on around the middle of the card, and this should have main evented. Maybe even opened. I feel like if it would have opened, it would have got more heat. I agree, but the reason I don't think it should have opened is because Swerve has to come back later. Sure. Sure. I I get that. Yeah, so that was the story they were building with Swerve. That's why they put that thing in the main event. But I don't think that match belonged in the main event, especially when you have a title match on the line. And that's the big problem with this, is the international title feels like such a great workhorse belt, which is good, but like it's still... You know, it, it still feels like a top of the show kind of thing. Fair enough. Um, I think our number ones are the same thing, are they not? Yeah, it's it's swerving, it's swerving Darby Allen. This match was fire, and also not only was it fire, it was the the level of um, violence in this match. There was a poison round onto the floor, man. Yes, yes, there was. There was a poison round on the floor. Like Darby Allen from the top, like threw him out to the ring and threw him out of the uh, out of the ring and hit that ridiculous suicide dive that he hits. I saw a different angle of that uh, on YouTube. Just nuts. Just that that spot is nuts. But no, I I, I thought this was a tremendous match. Uh, I, I'm looking much, or very much so forward to them working together in the future. Um, I, I, did, I made the joke to my girlfriend. I said, um, how Swerve was dressed on his way to the ring is how I'm going to dress to our wedding. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was good. Like, these two have such natural chemistry. I mean, they've been yes. fighting for a while. They're both part of that Pacific Northwest scene indie scene and they came from that same uh, area obviously sort of a bit more established than Darby in those earlier days but still great wrestlers both and both willing to put their bodies through some wild stuff yes yes uh, the spot with Swerve losing the, the, the boot in the match I thought was great. I thought Darby, like, I think Darby has come such a long way from his early AEW days in storytelling and um, figuring out a way to work with almost everybody, no matter shape or size. Like, this guy is tremendous. Swerve has always been great, but, like, putting these two together, like you said, they have history, and this was a great opening match, and it was the match of the show. It really was. So, this is going to be a hard question. What do you rate this show? Two and a half. I'm going to err on the side of positive. I think there were more positives than negatives. I think this is a three and a half show. But there was some weirdness in this. And I like, you know, 
I need to see better directions for some of these things. Um, particularly, I need to see a better direction and probably a separation between the Keith Lee stuff and the Jericho stuff and the Adam Cole. Like, get your feud sorted out. And also, I think that the women's... There needs to be... If we're not going to Blood and Guts or something to that nature, split this into two feuds. Yep. Do something. Have the outcasts, um, you know... Have Soraya go after Jamie Hayter in particular, have the outcasts chase after them, and then, like, have Britt Baker do something else. Because Britt Baker, I think, is getting over as a babyface again, which is really cool to see, but at the same time, this feud is not helping her because she's not really a major factor in it, or she can't be, or when she is, it's at the expense of Jamie Hayter, which is worse. Yeah. But yeah, three and a half. Rylan, why don't you tell the people about our social media stuff? Where can people find us if they so wish to? If you want to find us on social media, it's at W1Wallop on Twitter, W1Wallop on Instagram, Wednesday Night Wallop on Facebook. Just look for myself, Kyle Joseph's name. If you want to find us on any of the streaming services for podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Deezer, we are on Amazon Music, Google, Google Podcasts. Uh, I'm sure we're on others, but with all that being said, Kyle, where can they find you on Twitter? At LeregendaryKJ, L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. Rylan, why don't you send, or well, you know, I'll send the people home happy, why not? Uh, unless you've got anything else to add? Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at R-Y-A-M Sport Report, but no, otherwise, Kyle, send the people home happy. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you, and you have been walloped. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, MaisieMulderDesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.